On the Crosstalk on WIZM, I'm Mike Hayes. Leukemia, the most common cancer diagnosed in children and adolescents younger than 20 years old. Treatments for this type of cancer are harsh and outdated and need to be, well, they need to be different. Let's uh, let's talk a minute from the Lymphoma Society. Our guest on the Crosstalk, Courtney Addison. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. What is, what's the issue with the current treatments for uh, lymphoma in children? So right now it's just about trying to raise uh, research and funding so that we can continue to find research to have better treatment options for children. Uh, Not a lot of dollars, research dollars goes to children's research. And so LLS, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, is currently partnering with Burlington to continue that work with the Children's Initiative, which includes driving forward pediatric cancer research to help improve the lives of patients like my son, Caden, who was diagnosed uh, back in 2020. Well, I want to talk to you about Caden in a second, but I'm curious, is there research being done for uh, these illnesses, for this cancer for adults, and is it different than the research that would be done for children? Uh, research is being done across the board, um, but, you know, with children, obviously there are different uh, concerns with people being under the age of 18, and so really that's what LLS is trying to do. They're trying to focus on how can we improve the uh, research for children so that they can not just survive this uh, diagnosis, but they can thrive afterwards. So I'm curious, A, how old was your son when he was diagnosed, and B, of course, how's he doing today? Yeah, so Caden uh, was diagnosed at the age of three, uh, shortly after the start of the pandemic. And, you know, it was a really challenging time. Um, When I first heard those words, I honestly uh, just collapsed. I remember my heart imploding. I was, my hands and feet went numb. I was sobbing like I'd never sobbed before because he was a very healthy uh, kid prior to. Um, And so, you know, it was a very tricky time. And, you know, shortly after we were given the initial diagnosis, we found out he had a rare form of leukemia called Philadelphia chromosome that only happens in about 3% of cases. So, um, you know, it was a very scary time, and, it, and we had to kind of adjust to a, a quote-unquote new normal. Uh, but today he's doing really well. Um, you know, he did go through a lot of the same standard side effects like hair loss and lack of appetite, and he had to deal with some other complications due to the medications. Uh, but he's currently in uh, what is called phase 2 of maintenance, and so... He's still taking chemo, but it's not quite as intense. And overall, he's doing well. Hair's growing back, high energy, uh, appetite returning. So uh, we're very happy that he's doing well. Absolutely. Well, when you're having conversation with, well, your family and friends know the situation, but others that you might meet uh, in day-to-day life who aren't in the same situation, how do you explain to them why it is so important that they find out more about LLS and maybe get involved? Well, the reason I really love LLS um, is because they really are a patient survivor-focused organization. I think that was one of the things that really caught my attention to them is that, you know, they use their money to for research, which is, again, going to be incredibly important to find treatments uh, for people like my son, Caden. Um, and they also have other programs and things that provide financial assistance, uh, for parents and uh, families that are going through this because the last thing they should have to worry about are some of the financial restraints or the bills from the hospitals that stack up. Um, And they also provide educational material. So, you know, for me, my focus has really been on learning as much as possible 
you know, so I've taken advantage of several of the free webinars that they offer that have top experts in the field so that I can really learn and be prepared to advocate for my son. So what do you tell my listeners who are parents or grandparents who may be dealing with this or may be dealing with it, you know, tomorrow so they'll be in a similar experience? What do you tell those people that are listening? Uh, I would tell them three main things. One, it's okay to cry. It's okay to grieve. This will likely be the hardest time of your life. Um, And so grieving your old sense of security, your old normal, your life before diagnosis. Um, Two, to find ways to take care of yourself. So sometimes for me that looks like, you know, if my son was sleeping in the hospital, going out for a 10-minute walk and getting some fresh air. Sometimes it's as simple as taking a few deep breaths. And then lastly, and I think one of the most important things, is find your support system. Family and friends want to help you. Organizations like LLF want to help you. Um, And if possible, try to connect with other parents. Um, When you first meet a parent who's going through this, you instantly know their deepest pain, their deepest fears. And there's an immediate connection. And so while others can empathize with what you're going through, only another parent will really understand. And you just have a, um, a more, you can talk more freely about the emotional struggles and the things that you're going through. So finding those support systems are going to be critical to help you through your journey. And so finding those support systems, what do you tell listeners who want to know more about uh, LLS and how they might be able to help if they find themselves in a similar situation? Uh, I would encourage everyone to go to LLS.org. You can find so many information, so much information there, uh, resources, and they also have, you know, people who can get you connected to some of the resources, and you can find all that information on their website. LLS.org. Courtney Addison, thank you very much. 